The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is the Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. If you desire to reach your highest potential in your professional life, the next hour is going to help you uncover proven concepts developed by Lori Moss to help you pump up your professionalism, up-level your career, and transform from being stuck to being sought after. The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life, tackles all of the tough talks everyone knows about, gossips about, but never fully address in the workplace. Now is your time to transform with the expert in professional presence. Now, here is your host, Lori Moss. Welcome to the Lori Moss Show, Better Job and Better Life. So glad to be with all of you today, and and I look forward to our discussion um, about the barriers to entry that keep employers and managers stuck. Uh, I'm looking forward to introducing our guest, Linda Rousseau, in just a little bit. She'll be joining us. Um, In the meantime... Let's talk for a minute about the barriers and what, what we can do about it. And what I'm thinking of as I'm um, talking with you right now is an interview situation. And so let's talk about what happens in an interview. Um, when, when people are in a position where they're in front of someone who appears to be different than themselves, we're uncomfortable. It doesn't matter what the situation is. But an interview is an escalated situation in that there is a job and there's money involved. There's security. There's a lot of things tied to that interview. There's a reputation that the manager has and the expectation that they will hire correctly. All of this is going on. So when we have when we're uncomfortable there's a tendency to want control and many times what makes us feel most in control is when we feel that somebody is like us there's a comfortability in knowing that somehow this person can relate to me and that's when the stories start getting cooked up and the stories are an effort for for us to fill that fear gap. It's the space between, you know, we've already read the resume. We know what the skills, abilities, and the credentials are of this person. But what we don't know is what is it going to be like when I bring this person into the fold, even if they have all of those qualifications. What if they simply don't get along and they become a management nightmare or whatever is going through the interviewer's head? It is what is being not being said in business that keeps everybody stuck. So, you know, here's the fears. Uh, it's risky because there's a lot of unknowns. And until you really are engaged with someone and interacting, you don't know about them. The person is different. If the manager makes an error in judgment, they're going to create havoc at work. Um, they'll be held accountable. Um, if it isn't a good fit, it creates a very uneasy and distracting environment. And, and the manager just doesn't want um, any more issues on their plate. They just want it to be seamless and to have it work. So we can't change people's perceptions. And yes, their biases. We'll just put it out there on, on many fronts. And what um, I did this for a very long time, and what many people did is when I managed and was hiring people, people would spend time, as I did, t- defending their um, capabilities and their qualifications. And pretty much before they walked in the door, I had that in front of me. And sometimes I'd even done some reconnaissance and checked up on that. So the reason I gave them the interview is because they had those qualifications. What was really tricky 
and it is an art to interviewing, is finding out what isn't being said, what are the qualities that person is going to bring into the work environment. And um, this is where I believe the interviewee, remember the interviewer is scared, actually so is the interviewee, let's face it. We all have our different fears. Manager's afraid they're going to hire wrong. The interviewer, interviewee is afraid they're not going to get the job. So if the interviewee takes control of the conversation, we c- they can close the gap of those stories that are the barriers. And what that conversation is, is you s- switching it up and talking about the essential qualities of who you are and, and being truthful about what those are. I'm going to just do a short list here just so you have an idea of what I'm talking about. So if I'm a manager interviewing, I want to hear words like compassion, and constructiveness, contribution, courage, curiosity, patience, perseverance, resilience, self-acceptance, simplicity, strength, sustainability, willingness. Those are just a short list of the qualities of people and what it is, what it's like to work with someone like that. And if we're expressing those true qualities for ourselves, it's a lot easier for the person we're talking to to translate that and see how that fits in their environment. And that is what makes people feel good about going to work. So that, that being said, what I'm encouraging people to do, and our guest is really going to illuminate that, she, she embodies all of these things in, in a long career, successful career that really had a lot of barriers to entry at the beginning. So taking a stand on what you want, you're willing to walk away on behalf of your values. When you're talking about your characteristics, you want, and qualities, you want to know you're going to be working for a place that embraces that so you can enjoy it. And um, so when the barriers start appearing in any conversation around employment issues, just tell them who you are and what you're known for. So what I'd like to do is just pause for a moment before I introduce our guest and have us consider three essence qualities that you know to be true for yourself. If you were going into an interview in the next hour, what qualities are, are essential for you to be able to, to really be fulfilled in your work? And um, so let's just pause a second here while you think about it. Okay. So, welcome, Linda. Thank you, Laurie. Yes, we're so glad to have you today. You know, Linda, you've achieved what you've set out to accomplish in a 30-plus financial career. And today you're memorable for your contribution, your character, and your accomplishments, really against all odds at the beginning. You continue to support other women in launching and advancing their careers and um, especially women who have experienced adversities and setbacks in their lives that seem insurmountable and um, hard to turn around at times. And what I know about you, Linda, is you are a woman of substance and you have a story to tell. So let's get started. Um, What was your life like at the beginning, before the career part started, as a young girl, um, the early stages of your life? Sure. Um, I grew up in the ghetto on the East Coast uh, in New Jersey. I um, come from a very poor family, and uh, there were eight of us. I had seven siblings, and uh, both my um, parents lived in the household. Um, I was born with a disability causing me to be wheelchair-bound for the majority of my childhood or prior to going to high school. Uh, In spite of the prediction that I would never walk or have children, uh, I did. Um, It was very challenging to do that. Uh, My um, disability uh, was very painful. 
Um, but I knew that with seven siblings, of course, I needed to get up, walk, and keep up with them because they were doing some great things that I wanted to do as well and get involved in. Later on, uh, before in high school, I became an unwed teenage mother in my senior year of high school. Um, in addition to going through the challenges of um, being in a wheelchair and some people really cruel, um, you know, children and even adults, uh, they don't intentionally, they're not intentionally cruel, but sometimes they just don't know what your story is. They don't know what you're going through, so they struggle with uh, what to say. When I was high, in high school and I became a teenage mother, um, I was an A student, actually, perfect attendance. Uh, did uh, do a, a lot of interaction with people at school because I wanted to. My dream was to move away from the ghetto and, and live the life that I've seen others live um, outside of my community. My counselor at the time, it was a turning point for me because my counselor, who I had a very great relationship with, who I was working with to plan to go to college, because, uh, again, I was an A student, she um, communicated to me when she found that I was pregnant that I would be a failure and none of my plans for college would be, come to reality. Wow. I laid a sh- Yeah, definitely. This is one of your um, ad- advocates that's turning on you, basically. Absolutely. Uh, mm. You'd be surprised who becomes an advocate and who, who really is not there to support you throughout your life. But it was very surprising that she reacted that way to me, and I was very disappointed. In addition to that, I, my mother, who was very old-fashioned, and rightfully so, she was very stern, eight children, by the way, so she had to be. She was a <laughs> stay-at-home mom. <laughs> A stay-at-home mom who had three meals on the table for us. She really did a great job. But she also showed her disappointment when she found that I was pregnant, especially with my um, illness. Uh, again, they were surprised to see that I would even have a child. Later on in life, I, I did get married and had a second child as well. The memory was deep and hurtful to hear that many were disappointed in me because they had very, very great aspirations for me in spite of the challenges I had. So right out of high school, I was determined to prove people wrong. I um, worked at a bank for two years to establish employment status um, and get a resume going because I knew that where I wanted to go, I always set goals and tried to strive to meet those goals no matter what. Uh, I did get myself out of that wheelchair and was able to walk with a, uh, a limp, of course, so everybody could see a partial disability. But I um, sort of hid that well, um, basically. So with the first two years out of uh, high school, uh, I did a great job in, in the bank. My goal was to move up within uh, the work environment so that I can make money, basically, to take, take care of my family, move away from the ghetto area, um, continue to improve health, uh, because we know it costs money to, keep, uh, to have a healthy life. And unfortunately, I did not uh, uh, correct the health situation until actually five years ago. No one knew or understood what I had. They thought it was polio and things of that nature. But I was able to mask the physical pain I was in, walk, and, and things like that. So later on, what really took off, and it's surprising to me, because I really had no dream of what I wanted to do other than uh, back in high school. I wanted to be a lawyer, then I wanted to be a psychologist. But at the end of the day, based on my situation, it was about making the money. So after my two-year anniversary at the bank, uh, enough to get on my resume and show people that I had a work history, I got on a train uh, from New Jersey and went to Manhattan, New York to look for a job. Hmm. As a result of that, I found a job in, in, in a life insurance company. I started from the ground up as an index clerk and later on moved to a manager role and then later on acquisitions. But during my time at this company for about 11 years, um, I made it work. I did the hard work that was needed. Uh, 
uh, I interacted, even though I described myself as an introvert, I did interact with others because if you don't, how else are you going to find out or learn the things that you need to know within an organization to grow? So I was a good listener, and, and, and I got involved. So, so, you know, what I'm, what I'm really impressed about what I'm hearing, Linda, is that you had all kinds of obstacles going into the workplace. I mean, you were female, you um, were African American, physically challenged, you you didn't have the experience, nor did you have the backing that you expected from the people that you relied on in the early years of your life. Um, And so... We're going to, we're going to um, be right back um, to talk further because the next segment of your career was very interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, another form of transition in, in the financial services industries. Uh, bef- before we break, I have, I mentioned earlier in the introduction about the essence qualities, and I have a handout that I have available to my listeners. If you go to www.loriemossconcepts.com forward slash asklori, fill in your uh, the information and in the message area, put essence. And we will be sending you a copy of the essence qualities. I really think having those um, by your side will be very helpful in any business uh, conversation, let alone interviews. We'll be right back. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you ready for a health, life, and empowerment show in one? Then be sure to listen every week for Living Well with Ann Beal. Ann takes her long-running TV show to the Internet Talk Radio Airwaves with guest experts and insight designed to help you live a healthy and successful life. By hearing from the experts and those who have found success, our goal is that you too will be motivated to do the same. Living Well with Ann Beal can be heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. If you have a question for Lori Moss, you can tweet it at Concepts. Find us on Facebook with keyword Lori Moss Concepts or send an email to radio at LoriMossConcepts.com. Stay connected by visiting LoriMossConcepts.com to learn more. While you're there, read our blog and sign up for the Lori Moss Concepts newsletter for more tips. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the Lori Moss Show. I'm Lori Moss. And joining me today is Linda Rousseau. What we're talking about today is those barriers to entry, the stories that are cooked up. Yes. The stories that are cooked up. And um, and, and, and Linda will be discussing with us um, how she went about having to relook at an established career that was going through massive changes in the industry for a good 10-year period of time. So, Linda, welcome back. Thank you, Lori. So, so in your career, the financial services industry did undergo significant mergers and acquisitions for over a decade. Actually, probably even more. Yes. So, you know, let's let's talk about what what it was like and and how you were thrown back into supposedly back to square one in your career at times. So, let's let's hear what you have to say about that. Okay. Well, after 11 years of um, 
working at the company that I first applied to in the financial industry in New York City, yes, acquisitions did come along. And um, due to my performance and, and the knowledge, I did grow up grow within the industry and was well respected. Uh, but and due to that performance and knowledge, I was asked to move, uh, relocate uh, as a part of that merger acquisition. So I had a great opportunity at that time uh, to relocate uh, to the Midwest. And, and basically, throughout that time, the challenges that came along by doing this was uh, people tend to uh, stereotype you, especially when you're from the East Coast and you have an accent. <laughs> and, and basically, they, they sometimes say, well, we think we know everything. And of course, I came alongside a, a small group of people that basically was opening up an operation, a small insurance operation in um, Ohio as part of this merger. So it was a startup operation. So I was a lead as part of that. And that's where some of the challenges came, where people uh, basically felt like, well, you know, who are you and where do you come from? So I basically had to uh, earn respect all over again, uh, which I did, because I'm typically the type of leader that likes to walk in your shoes and roll my sleeves up and get involved as well. So I did do that um, in Ohio. And then, once again, another acquisition occurred which allowed me to move to another state where I was then, I had the opportunity to grow within my uh, role and areas of responsibilities by uh, doing things uh, related to product implementation, new, new business uh, implementation, and system migrations because we moved the old system from Ohio over with the company in um, Indianapolis. So... Based on that, I got a lot of exposure. I moved up within the ranks from a manager to a vice president then and forward and was very successful in that as well. So, so up to this what? time, then, you, you were transferred and got the next position based on a recommendation and a referral. So you weren't in a position where you had to re-interview and convince anybody. No. Okay. Not at that point, because I was lifted and shifted to the other company. And, and you had to be willing to be lifted role. and shifted. <laughs> that yeah. was one of those qualities there that, that matter. <laughs> exactly. So, so here's where I had to restart all over again. Um, once I was with this company for about nine years, uh, they downsized me. I was um, this particular company um, basically had a rating uh, downgrade, which uh, caused them to not be able to sell new business at a low rating. So I was part of a marketing team that did new product implementation and worked with the uh, field force to uh, design the products as well, designing in a way that fits the current system that we utilize. So being downsized, it, it was hurtful, but, you know, I was downsized because basically we could not uh, market new business, and that was primarily the job I was responsible for. So, so at that all of a point, sudden you're out of a job. I'm out of a job. Absolutely, I'm out of a job. Um, How many years did you very, have in your career at that point? Oh, wow. It was almost 20 at that point. Mm -hmm. And applying for a job then was totally different than how I applied for a job when I started out um, looking for one in New York City. Uh, you used to be able to walk into a company and just sell yourself by your appearance, your resume, and hand it to them. And it was how you presented yourself that primarily would get you in the door. Um, this time around, I had to learn how to, of course, submit those resumes online. They never saw who I was uh, and things of that nature. Um, but one, one challenge I did have was starting all over again. Often in interviews, I was told that I was overqualified. Um, that was a, a mm, constant that's feedback a new one. that I had. That's a yeah, curveball. Overqualified, yes, Absolutely. So what I did was, I, I don't want to say dummy down, but what I did was I took my resume uh, and 
remove some of my uh, major accomplishments that may have made me look like I was overqualified because I needed a job. I had a family to take care of. Um, and at that time, I had a very high salary. I was a VP. So I had to, it took me a while as I took a really personal look at myself to determine who I was and what was my passion and what did, what did I want to do and stop pounding myself on the head by having this stinking thinking about you're a failure. I got up and said, no, this particular, my past career does not define me. It's okay for me to start all over. So that's why I took a look, good look at my resume, looked at, hey, what do you like to do, Linda? And it's okay. You can start all over. It was hard starting from the beginning. It's okay. It happens to most of us. And, and that's what's hard to realize, that you're not the only one out there that may have challenges like I did. So I um, dummy down my resume. Hate to say that, but took off the major accomplishments. Also, the other thing I had to do was I was used to wearing suits for my previous roles. The world today is into the business casual look. So at that point, I had to, to figure out how to dress business casual. And at this point, this is where I met uh, people at uh, Dress for Success. And uh, Dress for Success is primarily known for suiting people up for a job, and, and now today they do help with interviewing and help you get ready for that interview in general and by doing mock interviews and helping you today with the resumes. But I have to tell you, feeling like a failure during that time, I was very depressed. But when I walked into Dress for Success, the director there at that time noticed me, and, and, and I had a knack for people noticing me and, and basically talking to me, but she, she had a side conversation with me and wanted to know what I was all about and um, what, what I was looking for and what my next steps were. She knew I had an interview the next day, and I have to tell you, um, I had very low morale and self-esteem. Again, I felt like a failure. I felt that all accomplishments I've made had gone out of the window and everything else. But having that conversation with Dress for Success that day, the day before my interview, I have to tell you, it was so inspiring. She lifted my spirits, helped me understand that it was not me. Don't take it personal. When I walk into that interview, take charge to a degree that know that you are the right fit for this job and sell them on some of the accomplishments you have made so that you can, um, so they're interested and give you a fair play and not say you're overqualified. The next so, day. Um, just, yes. I'm, just a question here. It sounds like the interviewers at this point were um, maybe a little bit, intimidated by, at least when you were showing your, your earlier track record on your resumes, and mm -hmm. which put, put them in, a, in a, an awkward position also. And it really was a big barrier to entry for you. You're, you're being paid too much. You're overqualified. And um, so I guess my question is, here you are going back. You're at Dress for Success. You have a new wardrobe. You're about to go in the door. And all of a sudden, those skills and abilities and credentials have to be downplayed from what I'm hearing you say. And what has to come to the forefront is really those essential qualities that you bring to the workplace that put people at ease and um, really contribute as part of the team comfortably. And so what I'm curious is... Um, is what what were those some of those qualities that you really f put to the forefront in that interview? Definitely, um, some of the qualities I put forth in the interview was in my background. I said I started from the bottom up, and basically what I did was 
in the role of new product implementation and designing for system conversion, my job was to train the frontline associates on the products and the system. So in general, um, what I did was I went over those key background tasks that I completed and accomplished in my past, um, cited those, showed them I was passionate about the role, my past loyalty and dedication because through acquisitions, I technically was still with the same company. So I wanted them to understand that I was loyal, uh, I, I'm a hard worker, and basically I can relate to the frontline associates, which was the job I was applying for. And my passion was to implement and deliver quality service to members associated to the contract I was applying for. And is Does that, that what nailed it? Question? That's <laughs> yeah, what so, nailed it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I put my manager hat on as you were saying this, because what would I want to know in that situation? I was in that position at one time myself, where it was a downside situation, and I would have really a lot of highly qualified candidates because it was an employer's market at the time. And um, that's what I wanted to hear. And I didn't want to hear that it was just a stepping stone either. <laughs> like, I, I'd be in and out all, you know. It's amazing. We, we all have, we just have a big, vast pot of concerns when we're hiring somebody. And um, so what I, what I really love hearing about your story, Linda, is the fact that, you know, you come to the table with what looks like insurmountable situations, which really didn't end up being the issue for you at all through most of your career. And we, we'll talk um, a little bit later about how you help other women break through those barriers. And I can see now why naturally, I think you had a mindset way back in the day of who you were, where you wanted to go, and what your purpose was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's what I know um, about talking with you. And so what I'd like to talk about when, uh, when we come back here is more about what's your purpose and your inspiration and, and your work with women that you meet at Dress for Success, that they come into Dress for Success at a pretty low point at times. And just like you who, who had such confidence, such a track record and a reputation, and all it takes is to be six months out of work. And, and, and it's that separation from the workplace that can really um, take, us, take us to a dark place sometimes. So, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. And um, we're, we're going to um, take a break here in a minute. Listeners, if you're interested in getting my essence sheet, the essence qualities that can help you in business situations, going for job interviews, really it's the conversation that cuts through the fear of a lot of business people. Uh, Please go to www.loriemossconcepts.com forward slash ask Lori. In the message area, just put essence. We'll send you an essence sheet. Also, in that same area, if you have any topics that you would like us to discuss uh, on our next radio shows or in our newsletter, please put that information in there and we will respond to that also. All right, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, voiceamericaempowerment.com. It's time to do all of those things that you always said you'd do in your life. What's stopping you? Is it other people, your environment, fear? What could give you a push? Tune in to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. Our show is all about taking risks and turning them into positives and personal gain. We'll help your inner voice speak up and get you out of that comfort zone. Raising the Bar can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
most of us have experienced the loss of a loved one, be it a friend or family member. There are all kinds of questions and emotional pain that we go through, but you can move on. Listen for From Morning to Morning with Rabbi Mel Glazer. It doesn't matter what faith you are, or if you even have no faith, you are sure to find meaning in Rabbi Mel's words and personal experience, as well as that of his guests. From Morning to Morning airs live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. If you have a question for Lori Moss, you can tweet it at L Moss Concepts. Find us on Facebook with keyword Lori Moss Concepts or send an email to radio at LoriMossConcepts.com. Stay connected by visiting LoriMossConcepts.com to learn more. While you're there, read our blog and sign up for the Lori Moss Concepts newsletter for more tips. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life. We're here on Voice America, the Empowerment Channel, and our guest today is Linda Rousseau, who is an um, executive with insurance companies and had, has had a great story to tell us. Uh, Linda, welcome back. Thank you again, Lori. So, you know, we were talking earlier, just, uh, just kind of in a nutshell, <laughs> Have you had a purpose? It sounds like you're a woman on purpose from the get-go. Um, Thank you. And what, you, what where your inspiration came from? Oh, where did my inspiration come from? Um, as, I, as I said earlier, part of my story was that um, my counselor at high school and my mother was very disappointed and where they thought I was headed. So uh, I basically excel from negative feedback more so than anything I've learned uh, throughout my life. So I was determined to prove them wrong. So by doing that and all the path, the pathway that I, and the things that I've experienced throughout my career and even outside of the workplace, what inspired me was I knew that I wasn't alone and there were others out there like me or even worse off than I am or I was. And, and I felt that I needed to make an impact for others. So my purpose is I'm inspired to help others um, like I do today at Dress for Success. Um, uh, I help... Uh, women move to self-efficiency by identifying, okay, what are your needs, not your wants. We can talk about it a little bit later, but to move to self-efficiency, what accomplishments do you need to make? And let's make it simple. Um, I always use the term sometimes don't sweat the small stuff because sometimes we create goals, and I used to do it in the past as well, that are too large and overwhelming. And you sort of stop before you really begin. So I helped them put those goals together, take them apart, and take baby steps and celebrate the small accomplishments. Because, again, life is not going to be perfect for you. You're going to back up, move forward, all of those things. The key is... Once you fall down or consider yourself backing up, it's okay to to sob and cry and, and, you know, have your downtime for a moment. But then what what I normally say is, okay, let's pull up your big girl panties and let's get moving (laughs) and say, let's get started all over again. Uh, Don't look back. Look forward. Look back only to determine what are those things that you would change Don't try to do the same thing over and over again because you will fail. So primarily I want to help others. So I do that with Dress for Success, and I also volunteer at Holy Family Shelter where I see a lot of women come in and don't really know how to 
write a resume, don't know how to dress for the job that they're applying for, and also deliver an um, interview based on their current experience and how to deliver feedback on yourself without not, do not tell, do not go into an interview telling a story or not the truth. Because with the shelter, I often deal with people that have um, criminal records. So we want to be open, honest, and find those places that are willing to hire women, especially with a criminal background. So I let them, I let, I'm a good listener. I try to help them decide or define what the goal is based on their situation and then move forward with that. And you know, if, that, um, you know, you were talking about that six months in when you were in between jobs and how you got to the point of, of concern and, and really it was kind of difficult probably to keep showing up in pursuing a job. Absolutely. And so what happens is whatever environment we're in or situation, if we've been in it in a long time, we actually get comfortable with the struggle. We, we know how, we know how to live in the struggle. It's familiar and we have a way of being in that struggle. And I am just curious, Linda, if one of your biggest road, the biggest roadblock they bring in to dress for success and to you, number one, they, they're there because they want to move up, but they may not believe that they can. Right. And in some situations, they, they may not know how. Um, but I do share my story often uh, with some of the women that come in and, and say to them, because people who look at me today, they see someone that's very confident. I sort of look like I have it going on but you your, your individual story. Um, I was out of a job six months, and, and actually I, was, uh, I um, actually was close to a, a year later on. So I went through all of my savings. Uh, mm. I, all, I, I experienced the loss of my loved one. Um, I lost my husband after that second occurrence of a downsize. So it was hard to get up uh, and... and um, in the morning and, and basically start all over again. Finding a job is like having a job. You have to work at it eight hours a day and know that you have to keep, keep going. So what I do with the women is share those stories. And, yes, you can cry on my shoulder and things like that because I'm there for you. I try to be compassionate and, and put yourself in the other person's shoes, if you would, but help them understand that they're not alone and they can be successful. They can accomplish the goals that they're trying to accomplish. You just have to keep at it. I know one of the areas that, that you talk about that's really part of development as a manager and in, um, in your volunteer work is encouraging people to take personal responsibility because these situations, some of these are pretty big ones, but quite honestly, even if they're not the typical, well, you, you had a, a long list of them, but I can tell you uh, as a human being, there are days where I can go into a dark place over a situation that just seems insurmountable. And when mm-hmm. I allow myself to linger in that very long, I become a victim very quickly. And it's because I'm not Absolutely. really taking responsibility for... Absolutely. Um, and so I'd like to hear a little bit more about that because I think that's important to hear whether we've got a lot of barriers or not, but just that fact, it's really easy to blame and shift responsibility, and it really diminishes our, our potential. So Absolutely, it's all it does. It does. You have to uh, take that personal responsibility uh, for yourself. And, and definitely it is hard sometimes not to shift that blame. Um, with even me, I, I encourage people that there's a lot of free resources out here and assistance sometimes, especially when you don't have uh, that income coming in. But I, I often uh, ask people to reach out to someone that can be open, like a counselor and things of that nature. I did get some counseling because 
I did see myself going to a dark place and being very depressed. Um, and there are certain things you can see that uh, basically will tell you that you're in a dark place, and, and hopefully you'll recognize it and, and look for help. Uh, but you must hold yourself accountable for the things you can do. And the things you cannot do, don't sweat on it, but know what can I control in this situation or have a big part of directing. And those are the things that you have to hold yourself accountable for and step up uh, to do what is necessary to turn that around. And and oftentimes it calls us to action. Like I recall in in your story today, in the early days where you realize the advocates that you thought you had were no longer there. And sometimes it's, the action is required to leave what is no longer um, serving uh, your well-being and, and to let go of the outworn. And Absolutely. what are some of the biggest barriers you run into with people that seem to have insurmountable barriers uh, in their lives? Yeah, um, some of the times, and you, you talk about those advocates, I think that some of our barriers uh, seem to be or we think they're caused by other people. Sometimes you have to disconnect yourself from people that are not your advocate, that don't have anything positive to say in your ear. So networking is, is very, very important. And even though I said uh, I was, uh, well, and maybe I did or not, I was an introvert, very quiet at the very beginning of my career. But later on, I found that if I wanted to succeed, I had to speak up and have that seat at the table. So you have to be very honest and open with people and network to identify those people that will be your advocate that can help you in the ways that you need to be helped to succeed in general, because the people, sometimes your family can, can be a barrier or cause a barrier for you. So you have to identify uh, those positive folks to interact with to help lift your spirits and move forward. You know, Linda, when you look back um, on your career, all your experiences, is there anything that you would have done differently? Um, no, actually, there is nothing I would have done left differently. Uh, life uh, is challenging in general, and and sometimes we feel like, you know, why me? Everything bad is happening to me, and, but it happens to all of us. All of us can have that curveball that hits us, uh, but I would not do anything differently, and, and, and I'll tell you that because I learned from the good and the bad experiences. I think that I, I know, actually, I would have not become a strong advocate in the volunteer arena and helping others if I had not experienced some of those challenges and barriers. Um, it made me a better person. It made me a stronger person. Uh, at the beginning of my life, I mentioned I was... Uh, wheelchair bound and in a lot of pain. So I learned to endure pain physically. But throughout my career, I also learned to endure the other type of pain of, um, you know, feeling like you're alone, feeling turned down, uh, the way people talk to you, the barriers, even in some cases, the, um, the, the blatant prejudices that you can see and stereotyping and things of that nature. My particular journey help me deal with a lot of that by looking at it for what it is. Don't get caught up in the negative stuff. Look at the positive and deal with those things that you can and not those things that you cannot control. Well, that inspires me, Linda. <laughs> and isn't that the truth? We, we really have a choice to, to, um, to let it impact us it is, a, is a choice to be a victim, isn't it? And, yes, it is. And the other thing, and I would imagine that you operate through, yes, you're going to run into some biases or whatever. We all do, actually, um, in our way. And, well, you're just a woman of substance. That's all I have to say. <laughs> the way you conduct yourself. 
So we have just a, a minute or so left. I want to hear what's next for you, Linda. What's on your agenda for what the next chapter? What is on my agenda? Okay. Uh, it's still in a planning stage. I, I am a planner. I am a goal setter. I am moving towards uh, the retirement age. So my next step for me is I often look at uh, my hopes and my dreams. And for me, I, I would like to continue to help others. My passion is to help people move to self efficiently and make a difference in their lives by providing that support and tips on tools they can use to help uh, break through those barriers and move forward. So I will continue uh, uh, for the rest of my life, I know, uh, supporting Dress for Success because they really helped me tremendously build my confidence level up. And as I continue to volunteer, uh, with the organization Dress for Success, as well as Professional Women's Group, which is a group of women that get together and, and actually help one another. I will continue to help them in that fashion. I will continue to, to volunteer and maybe even start up a nonprofit of my own to help women, again, move to self-efficiency. There are lots of places out there that can help with this, uh, but I, I know that I have value to add, and I know that my personal story can help others identify that they're not alone and help them be successful as they move forward. So not well, what, totally... What, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I don't want to miss the ability to be able to say this, but this world is a better place for having you in it, Linda. I appreciate you. having you as a guest today. Thank and you. as we close, um, please, anyone interested in getting the uh, Essence worksheet, please go to www.lauriemossconcepts.com forward slash ask Lori. Also in the message area, if you're interested in having us um, do topics that interest you for the radio or for the newsletter, please put that in the message also. Thank you, everyone. Have a great prosperous week. Thank you for tuning in to the Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. To learn more about Lori Moss Concepts, our services, and to connect with the expert and professional presence, visit LoriMossConcepts.com. Tune in next week for more professionalism transformation. The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life, airs every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.